Any questions? Very clear. Is what you're saying? Clear about marriage. And you guys know who we're going to marry and who we are not going to marry. No questions? Over afternoon, Tina. I'll be running a matchmaking session, so if you just want to come see me, uh, yep. I'll provide some introductions. You know, it'll it'll all be fun. It actually, it is a tricky sort of subject to ask questions about, isn't it? Because uh, uh, you're never quite uh, confident it won't be taken the wrong way if you're asking the question, you know, and that sort of thing. But uh, they're important issues to work through, though. That's fine. Might be time for elective. Oh. Just something to do with our Asian culture. Um, we've heard about how... This is an education? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we, we've heard about the different criteria, criteria that we have to look at before we actually choose our partners. Um, but what happens if we don't fulfill all those criteria? I mean, uh, in Asian culture, um, I bring that up because uh, in Asian families, it's very common that once you finish studying, you start working, and once you start working, you have to get married. And, and if someone doesn't get married by a certain age, then parents start getting worried and they start matchmaking you and they start pushing you. And when yeah. you're under so much pressure, um, do you, how, how, how do you handle that uh, pressure in, and not yeah. making the wrong decision? Uh, yeah. And how do we make the stand and for us to wait until the right one comes along? Yeah. Oh, I think that's a really important point. And I think you're right. There's probably more, um, more pressure uh, within Asian the Asian culture from that point of view than there is within a, um, an Australian sort of context, although uh, it's a certain pressure within the Australian context as well. I think um, if it's a family sort of pressure, uh, one of the issues you need to cultivate is that ability to talk about the issue with your parents. Um, and so, uh, and I imagine parent and child relationships the world over are pretty well the same, um, that uh, your parents give you advice and it's very easy to go, you know, uh, you don't sort of visibly show it on your face because you're meant to respect and honour your parents, but, uh, but internally you're going, you know, and, uh, you know, and there's, there can be that sort of reaction and close down with parents. Um, so I find as a parent, for example, when my, I'd say things to my kids, and when I'm not, they don't give me much reaction. I just repeat myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, I didn't get the re- I didn't get the responses. I just keep saying it over and over and over again, you know, until they say, "I heard you the first time." I said, "Why didn't you say so?" You know, I wouldn't have said it 14 times after that. You know, it, um, parent-child relationships vary and different, but uh, I think in most situations, if you can give feedback to your parents on what is going on. Uh, that is helpful. Cultivating the ability to say, look, um, the last thing the world I want to do is get married to, to someone that I don't think I should be getting married to just for the sake of getting married. You know, my fear is I'll get married to someone I, I shouldn't be getting married to and that the marriage won't work in the way I want. And I know you don't want me to get divorced, do you? you, do you know what I mean? Just terrify your parents. That'll work. <laughs> um, but, but what I'm saying is that Try to work out how you create 
openness in that in that communication. While I know you still want to preserve your sense of privacy, you know, where are you tonight? Oh, I'm out. Who are you out with? Somebody. You know, what's the name of somebody? You know, sort of. You can go through 101 different questions. Uh, I play that game myself on a regular basis with my children. Uh, and so you do need to have appropriate boundaries and that sort of thing. It's uh, but. As adult children, you still want to work out how to keep letting parents know where you're up to. And I think just that communication is so helpful. In terms of, I think most of the pressures often are internal for people in their 20s and 30s when it comes to marriage. That desire to be married, that fear that you won't be married, um, the issues of uh, coping with that. Uh, I mean, I know there's a session on that in one of the electives, and I think that's an enormously helpful thing to have, thinking about singleness and how you, how you work at that. And um, I think one of the most helpful things uh, for single people is to run in packs. Um, uh, what I mean is to, to actually have um, a group context that you enjoy spending time in. Uh, so that there's there's not that sort of uh, I know with with people in my congregation once you uh, once you're in your 30s if you ask somebody out uh, it, not only the couple are trying to work out what does this mean but you know the 300 other people at church are going <laughs> whoa you know and there can be enormous pressure at that point one of the ways of relieving some of that pressure is to have more group group activities together in a way that means you actually mingle and mix. One of the best ways of working out who you should marry is not to go out with someone but to observe them in a wider situation and see how they behave with other people and whether they've got the sort of qualities that you, you like to see. And I, I think that's enormously healthy. And in a group like this, the ability to do that is obviously there because there's enough of you to actually create those sort of, those sort of social settings and to enjoy doing that without that... that Pressure to pair off, yeah. So anyway, there are, there are a couple of thoughts. Mm. Yeah, Ian. Um, if your mother's Hindu, father Buddhist, and uh, you're a Christian, their advice to you, um, they're not going to give you much help spiritually speaking. So they're not, they don't have insights into the gospel. But any parent who loves you will have insight into you, even if they have a different religious background. And I think you're called upon to honour your parents and to respect them, not if they're Christian, but because they're your parents. That's the way the Bible speaks. So I think that, um, in, again, in my experience, lots of uh, Christian men and women in my congregation who have non-Christian parents the temptation is to say, and part of this is just being a child, to say, what would they know? They're Buddhist and Hindu. When actually what they're saying is, what would they know? They're my parents. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? That is, there's that sense of rejecting parents and trying to establish yourself and rejecting what they've got to say. That's the problem, whether you've Christian, got Christian parents or non-Christian parents. But non-Christian parents aren't going to have insight into your situation. For example... Non-Christian parents are unlikely to understand why you feel the conviction to be married to another Christian. You can't expect them to understand that truth. They might be able to, at sort of an objective level, say, oh, I can understand why you need to marry someone who's compatible, therefore 
but that's as far as it will go. They won't understand that Jesus is at the centre of your life and you want to marry someone who has the same centre. But they will understand who you are as a person. They will have observed you going through life. They'll understand your personality, uh, your tendencies. Uh, they will have some observations to make in terms of someone you might be going out with and how suitable you are with each other. They'll have some of that wider wisdom sort of perception uh, uh, to the degree that they have that. So I, I still think that respect and honour, even though there'll be you know, some boundaries to that because of different conviction. Mm.